Hello, Cathedral family. <laughs> what an exciting day. God is good. And all the time, whether you're here on campus, all those who are watching online, our online campuses, campuses around the Bay Area, so glad that you're here at the start of this new year and beginning this brand new series entitled Great Expectations, How to Keep Hope Alive in Your Heart. Now, the way that well, I knew that I was on target. I received confirmation that this was, well, this was the series we should do, was in the middle of a movie theater with my grandson. <laughs> grandkids are great because grandkids give you the opportunity to go see the movies you really want to see. <laughs> and so my grandson and I, a few weeks ago, we went to see the newest Spider-Man movie, Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, and wow, it was, it's a great movie, uh, and you could see me, I was so excited, here I am getting ready for the movie right up here, <laughs> I just love entering into the whole experience, and so my grandson and I are there, we get our popcorn, and he gets his icy, and I get my vitamin water to balance all the butter and the popcorn out, and and we get in those big recliners that they have. You know the new recliners that they have at the theaters and we're kicking back and watching the movie. And so here is the young Spider-Man worrying about his powers and trying to figure out what to do with them. And he walks into a room and he sees these words in the room, great expectations. And at that moment I said, wait a second, time out. That's the title of the new series that I'm doing in January. And right there, I knew that was confirmation. Can somebody say amen? We were on target. Some people get confirmation in the prayer center. I get mine in the middle of Spider-Verse. Amen. But I'm so glad that you're here because another reason this is so very important how to keep hope alive in your heart. Because I've never met someone, I haven't, maybe you have. I've never met someone who said to me, I am so encouraged about my marriage, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> I've never met someone who said, I'm so encouraged about my job, I'm quitting. I've never met someone who said, I'm so encouraged about my kids, I'm having a panic attack. When discouragement sets in, everybody gets discouraged. But when we stay discouraged, one person said that discouragement is the anesthesia the devil uses right before he reaches in and cuts out your heart. And that is why knowing how to keep hope alive is so very, very crucial. One of the best things you can do for yourself and for those around you and for your future is to keep hope alive in your heart. And I believe that God is going to fill up our hearts over these next five weekends together. In fact, I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me wherever you're at. Stand with me. I want to read the verse. It's our theme verse for the 
series, and let's read it out loud together. Fill this place with the Word of God. Everybody say it with me. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and now we live with great expectation. Amen. Now we live with great expectation. And what I'm believing and declaring is that because of Jesus, we are going to have great days ahead. Great days ahead. Say that with me. Great days ahead. Declare it again. Great days ahead. Before you're seated, speak that word over somebody's life. Tell them, great days ahead. Go ahead and do that. Great days ahead. And there are five keys. If you're going to keep hope alive in your heart so that you can move into this year with great expectation, there are five keys. And one of those keys I want to give to you this weekend. If you're going to keep hope alive in your heart, then it starts right here. It starts right here. You got to make sure there's fuel in the tank. Check your fuel gauge. Check your fuel gauge. If you want to keep hope in your heart, you have to make sure there's fuel in the tank because when you run out of gas, there was, well, I, I think the U-2 spy planes are just amazing. You can see some uh, footage of that plane taking off, and they can go up to an altitude of 60 to 70,000 feet right at the edge of the Earth's atmosphere, and they say from up there, you can even see the curvature of the Earth. And you have to have a lot of skill to fly this plane. It's not an easy plane to fly. One of the most famous pilots, U-2 spy plane pilots, was a guy by the name of Francis Gary Powers. And he was flying a U-2 plane back in the middle of the Cold War in 1960. And at that time, we didn't think that the Russians had a rocket that could reach that high. But we were wrong. And as he's flying his plane over the Soviet Union, they fire a rocket and they knock it down. And he crashes. But somehow the pilot survives the crash. Well, they capture him and throw him into a a Soviet prison, and somehow he survives the gulag, and eventually he's involved in a prisoner exchange, and he comes back and becomes a test pilot of our most dangerous experimental planes, and somehow he survives that. But the story of this skilled pilot, I mean, this guy's got some skills, but his story ends rather tragically. When he's working as a weatherman, a weatherman flying a weather copter in Southern California, and one day he tragically tra uh, crashes and dies. And you step back from that moment and you think, what happened? I mean, this guy's got skills. Did the rotor break? Did the engine fail? Did the, 
Santa Ana winds knocked the copter down. And when investigators looked at the situation, here's what they found. The reason he crashed was that he ran out of gas. And it's a powerful graphic reminder that you can be way up here when it comes to your skill, way up here when it comes to your knowledge, way up here when it comes to your experience. But if you run out of gas, you're setting yourself up for a crash. And so this weekend, I want us to think about what is the fuel tank look like in our hearts? What is it that refuels you? What is it that drains you? And how does God want to move the needle this weekend? I believe if the tank looks like this, you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. God is going to start to move that needle this weekend, and hope is going to start to rise in your hearts. Amen? I want that to get in your spirit. I want that to get in your spirit. Can you see that needle starting to move? God wants to move the needle this weekend. Now, there are four ideas that are in your bulletin that I want to walk with you through on how you can keep the tank full in your heart. And the first one has to do with this, creating a healthy rhythm in your week. Creating a healthy rhythm in your week. And how about if we get interactive? Some of us learn by, well, we learn visually. Some of us learn, you know, with our ears, what we listen to. And other, others learn by doing. So how about if we, we just put this into practice and let's get interactive for just a moment. If everyone would snap your fingers like this. Here we go. Look at that. Everybody's doing great. How about if we put a little more swing to it, huh? Wow. Here we go. How about if we had a second hand now? Here we go. Look at that. Well, Cathedral of Faith, we got groove, right? Amen. Give yourself a hand. Yeah. Way to go, Cathedral fam. Because that right there, you got it. That's the point. This is the key. Creating a healthy rhythm in your week. Working and resting, giving and receiving, being active and being still, engaging and withdrawing. It's creating a healthy rhythm in your life. That is how you keep the tank full. We see this in the life of Jesus. The Bible says this about the ministry of Jesus. It said, the report of his power spread even what? faster and vast crowds vast crowds say vast crowds vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases but Jesus often withdrew say that with me often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer can you see the rhythm in Jesus life even though word about him is going viral even though his ministry and his influence is expanding, he still maintains a rhythm in his life. 
working and resting, being active and being still, self-sacrifice and self-care. And that right there is one of the keys. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And to me, that's one of the hardest verses to put into practice if you live in the Silicon Valley. Because the pace of life in this valley is so fast, faster. And yet when we lose our rhythm, our lives get chaotic because you need rhythm to create beautiful music in your life. I don't know that much technically about music, but uh, Pastor Vaughn does. And so I was asking him about the whole you know, rhythm thing and the importance of rhythm and music. And he gave me an answer that, wow, uh, it just blew my mind. He said, music is really about bringing order out of chaos. And what rhythm does is it creates a framework for that music. That rhythm then is really about creating a way of bringing order out of chaos. And if there's no rhythm, then what you have is chaos. And my guess is that there's somebody here this weekend that you've lost your rhythm and life has got chaotic. (laughs) And today is the day God wants to help you to get back your groove, amen? Jesus put it this way. Yeah, let's give God praise. God wants to help you get back in the groove. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you what? Rest. Learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, watch this, and my burden is is like my yoke yoke is a work instrument you still have work but that work becomes easy you still carry a burden but that burden becomes light when you get your groove back and this is so important because what we're praying for this year is that god would bless us and expand our territory. Expand our territory. Say that with me. Expand our territory. And as God answers that prayer, and God gives you this year more responsibility and more opportunity and more influence, as God gives you more and you have increase this year, how many are believing for increase? Amen? God also wants you to keep your rhythm to keep your rhythm, because it's that rhythm in life, self-sacrifice and self-care, working and resting, being active and being still, giving and receiving, engaging and withdrawing, keeping that rhythm in life, this is how you get your groove back, and this is how you fill up the tank, and God this week, well, wants to begin to move that needle. Jesus, help us to get our groove back this week. And all God's people said, amen.
Can you see that needle starting to move? Great days ahead. Say that with me. Great days ahead. Now that brings us to the, the next idea for keeping the tank full. And that is this. Understand the power of worship. Understand and appreciate the power of worship. That when we get together, whether it's through the online campus, here on site, when we come together for corporate worship there's something that happens i found a picture that i love i love this guy he says how to save a seat in church <laughs> and when we come to church man and we can't wait to get there and we're saving seats for our family and for our friends i love that guy there's something that happens when we get together understand it and appreciate it doesn't happen anywhere else it really doesn't I, I was once invited because of all the work that we do in the community I once was invited to visit the White House and I won't tell you which president I was invited to see because if I did half of you would be mad at me half of you would be happy with me because <laughs> politics can do that to people but I was invited to the White House and the contact person he gave me the time and the date, and he said, here's where you need to be. You need to be at the gate at this particular time, and we'll all go in together. And so I went to the hotel, and I set my phone alarm, and I woke up the next morning, but it wasn't my phone. It was the hotel phone. And I answered the phone, and the voice on the other end said, where are you? And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're at the gate, getting ready to go in. And I looked at my phone, and the power had died. And I sat on my bed, and I thought to myself, what a floppy foreman. <laughs> Here I slept through the chance to meet with the president of the United States. Now, there are two things I want you to know about that story. The first one is it's not true. <laughs> Never happened. I made it all up. Now, some of you are relieved. Some of you are ticked. I'm not sure how you feel right now. But here's the second thing I want you to know about that story. The same exact thing happens every week around our country. Millions of people sleep through the opportunity to come and meet with the God of the universe in corporate worship. It happens all the time. Oh, my. One of the most alarming trends... For me as a pastor who loves people because I care about people. And one of the most alarming cultural trends that, that is, well, that I've read about is American Christians who are regular attenders, how often they're coming to church. 20 years ago, if an American Christian was what was known as a regular attender, they were coming to church on the weekend three out of four times a month. Today, American Christians who are identified as regular attenders are coming to church 1.5 
times a month. That's 19 times a year. And only 43% of American Christians are considered regular attenders. And the reason why that it concerns me is that when we get together in corporate worship, I mean, we come together in a place like this, there's something that happens. This is one of the ways that God fills up the tank. It really is. When we get together as people of faith to worship God, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And then when we come together and worship, yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. When we come together and worship, it recalibrates us. It reconnects us. It recenters us. It restores us. It refuels us. When we get together and worship, well, you regain your perspective. When we come together and worship, we regain our confidence. When we come together and worship, we regain our strength. When we come together and worship, we regain our hope and our faith. Well, there was a time in the life of the psalmist. It was a very difficult time, and he almost lost his footing, almost walked away from his faith and was losing his hope. But then he came to corporate worship with the people of God. And he writes about it this way. He said, when I tried to figure things out on my own, all I got was a splitting headache until I entered the sanctuary of God. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. And then I saw the whole picture. There's something that happens when we get together. Hallelujah. Something that happens in my spirit. And that's why when I look around this weekend and those who are on our online campus, when I look around, I look around at you and I want to say, way to go, Cathedral of Faith. You guys are countercultural. You are the ones who are swimming upstream. You are the ones who are really starting the revolution because this week in the Silicon Valley, you created a space for grace to come and meet with God in this moment, to give God the glory that he deserves and to see your life refueled and re-energized. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Way to go, Cathedral of Faith. Great days ahead. Say that with me. Great days ahead because when we get together in corporate worship, whoa, something starts to happen and God begins to move the needle in our hearts. Well, that brings us to the, to the next idea, the next big idea, and that is this. Respect the law of exposure. Respect the law of exposure. When we started this new year, uh, our staff decided to start training for the turkey trot later on in the year. And, and Pastor Rick, I think, captured some footage of us training. You can see it up on the screens. <laughs>
our staff, we need to work a little more on the treadmill thing. But uh, let's say you want to join our staff and start aiming for the turkey trot later this year. We're going to participate again as a church. We had over 350 last year. And the reason we participate is because we love our city. We love our community. Hashtag for San Jose because we believe God's for San Jose. Amen. And so we want to represent that to our community. Let's say you want to start training, but you don't just want to train to run it. You want to win it. I mean, you're serious. I'm not sure what your training routine is going to be, but here's one thing I'm pretty sure of. This is not going to be a part of your training routine. Because if you're working with a trainer, they'll tell you, Food is your fuel. And if you're looking to be a high performer, the fuel that you put into your body matters. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And the same thing is true when it comes to our minds. I want you to catch this. There's a law of exposure that goes like this. It says what you repeatedly expose your mind to. And you open your mind to over and over and over again the events you attend, the music you listen to, the images you watch, the daydreams you engage in. What you repeatedly expose your mind to will begin to shift your mindset. And your mindset, it shapes your actions. And your actions, they shape your character. And your character, that shapes your destiny. So if you're looking to be a high performer in life, the one life that you have, you want to make sure that you're exposing your mind repeatedly to the best kind of fuel. And that's why the Bible is so important. Look at what Jesus said about his word. He said, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Nothing moved that house. I want to say that again. Nothing moved that house. Why? Because it was fixed to the rock. If you're looking to build your life on something, build your life on the Word of God. If you're looking to build your home on something, Build your home on the word of God. If you're looking to build your business on something, build your business on the word of God. Nothing moved that house. And that's why this week I'm giving everybody that's a part of the cathedral family, and if you have friends that want to participate, they're welcome. But on the back of your outline, you'll find what I'm calling the seven-day challenge. The seven-day challenge. And I've given you a verse about hope for each day of the week. 
And I'm encouraging you to start your day, expose your mind to the best kind of fuel, and to start your day with the Word of God. We know how we start our day in the valley. I mean, the first thing we do is we reach for our phones. When we wake up, I've been married 35 years. When I wake up, I don't reach for my wife. I reach for my phone, right? (laughs) And I want to see what's going on on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. The seven-day challenge says this week is going to be different. I'm not going to start my day with Twitter. I'm going to start my day with Scripture. I'm not going to start my day with Facebook. I'm going to start my day with the good book. I'm not going to start my day with Instagram. I'm going to start my day with the great I am. Amen. So come on, somebody. Help me preach, Pastor Shelley. (laughs) Hello. And begin to expose your mind to verses like you see right up here. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my what? Hope in God. I will praise him again my Savior and my God. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. Or put your what? Hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path, and he will honor you by giving you the land. Can somebody say amen to that? He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle, if that's where you're at this week. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name, his name, his name will be the hope of all the world. Can we give God praise for the power of his word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, if the tank is empty, what God this week wants to move the needle, and as you begin to expose your mind repeatedly to the word of God. Watch what happens. Watch that needle start to move. And that brings us to the last idea as we wrap things up. And that's this, rub shoulders with energizing people. This is very important. I want you to see this this scripture. It says, godly people are careful about the friends they choose. Let me read it again. Godly people are careful about the friends you choose. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment because in your life, all of us, all of us, we have people who drain us and we have people who re-energize us. If we were having a cup of coffee after church and you knew it was a safe zone and I asked you, okay, who are the people that drain you? Are names starting to come into mind? You know, are you seeing faces? Are elbows starting to fly around the auditorium? You know, is it a boss? Is it a neighbor? Is it an in-law? I heard about this husband and wife. They were mad at each other, and they're driving down the road on the silent treatment. And they drive by, and, and there are this group of mules, donkeys, on the side of the road, and The husband says, hey, look at that. Are those relatives of yours? (laughs) And the wife says, in fact, they are. They're my in-laws. Oh! (laughs) 
there are certain people, when you're around them, you know what you're going to get. You really do. They're going to be negative. They're going to be cynical. They're going to be critical. And they're going to tear you down. You don't have to go asking for it. They just do. And after you've been with them for a while, you just feel drained. And if you rub shoulders with them all the time, it's going to drain your tank. And so that's why you want to make sure you spend enough time with people who are going to energize you. And you know who those people are. You can, well, you can hear their names in your head and you can see their faces. And when you see them, they tend to be positive and optimistic and full of faith and They're encouraging, and there's something about being around them. They have a way of filling up that tank. And friend, listen, life is short. You only have so much time. So be kind to everyone. Love everyone. But make sure you're spending enough time. A one person put it this way. It said, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. Are you spending enough time with people that are going to, God's going to use them to move the needle in your heart? I found out once more how important this is just recently. When my dad passed away a few weeks ago, that was really hard. It was like I had a hole in my heart that was this big. And the last thing I thought about, I mean, it was hard to just think. And the last thing I was wanting to think about was starting a new year or starting a new year with great expectations. Are you kidding me? I just had this big hole in my heart. And yet God surrounded me with people who were energizing. People like Pastor Mike. People like Pastor Shelley, people like Jim, so many of the cathedral family, man, just rubbing shoulders with you. I even got a text from a friend who's out of town, and let me read to you what he wrote to me as I was on my way to church getting ready to preach. He wrote, you and the weekend have been on my mind, heart, and in my prayers for a glorious ministry, praying for great grace over your ministry tonight and tomorrow. No pressure, but your dad and mine, along with Dr. Lowry and Warren Pearsall, will be watching and listening on heaven's balcony tomorrow and rejoicing over every word you say that glorifies God and his son. By the way, What is heaven's time zone for live streaming there? They will not be critiquing. They'll be watching, listening, and cheering you. Take brief moments to look heavenward and receive that anointing. Mortals may not see into heaven, but in heaven there is a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Love you. And wish I were there on the front row. And that right there, 
I stand here today, and I'm still hurting, but I'm still hoping. I'm still broken, amen, but I'm still believing. I'm still grieving, but I enter this year with great expectations. Hallelujah to God. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who through his mercy we have been born again, has raised Jesus from the dead, and now you and I, all of us who know Jesus, we live this year with great expectation. Great expectation. Say that with me. Great expectation. Everybody stand with me for just a moment. Lock in. I'm going to ask Pastor Vaughn to come, and as he does, I believe that God wants to move the needle in our hearts, because some of us, when we came in here, we're just empty. As we're moving into this new year, we're just trying to survive, let alone thrive, but God is going to start to move that needle in your heart. Hope is going to begin to arise in your spirit, and we're going to Engage this year with great expectation. I've asked Pastor Vaughn and the worship team to just sing over us for a moment. You may want to sing with them. You may want to receive. You may want to pray. But however you engage, let God begin to move the needle in your heart. That because Jesus is alive, anything is possible. And we can live this year with great expectation. Pastor Vaughn, will you lead us? I'm gonna see in the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is a- I'm gonna sing, sing it out with us See, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive I raise in this place where there's something that happened his face starts to build I'm going to ask uh, Ken in the back can you pull find that Hebrew scripture Hebrews 10 and I want to look at that in just a moment but I want you to declare with me great days ahead because that's what I'm declaring over you and I'm believing that for you for your family 
for your work, for your home, for your kids, for your marriage, that there are great days ahead because Jesus is alive, amen, and anything is possible. Great days ahead. Say that with me. Great days ahead. Say it again. Great days ahead. Say it one more time. Great days ahead. God, I'm believing and declaring over the families of Cathedral of Faith. Great days ahead for them. Great days ahead for their household. Great days ahead for their workplace. Great days ahead for their neighborhood. Great days ahead for our city. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read you this scripture because I want this to go. Wow. Go with this in your heart today. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Can somebody say amen to that? Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. And so there are two ways I want to spur you on this week. Take the seven-day challenge. Join with me. You know, let's read the Word of God together and watch what God will do in filling up our hearts with hope. And then I want to spur you on. If you, you, know, if you have time, go by the lobby before you leave and get a picture of you and that hope sign. And let that be your statement of faith. In fact, I'm going to go out to the lobby. I'm going to photobomb all your pictures. Because I want you to know I'm believing with you. I'm believing for you that there are great days ahead. Amen? Great days ahead.